Is it magic when you resurrect a dude from the dead? Asking for a friend? Oh, yeah. I guess that friend is Jesus. And in this video we are trying to gather whether he was, in fact, a magician. Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Angela Puka and welcome to my symposium. I'm a PhD and a university lecturer and this is your online resource for the academic study of magic, esotericism, paganism, shamanism and related currents. As you may know, in the New Testament there are several accounts of Jesus performing extraordinary endeavors such as healing incurable diseases, performing exorcisms, and even raising people from the dead. In this video, we will investigate whether Jesus was therefore a magician. If you are familiar with my channel's content and the academic approach I offer on this platform, you may have detected one key core element that underlies all of our discussions, and that is complexity that, along with presenting information drawn from academic scholarship and not based on personal opinions. That said, complexity means that there are hardly ever straight answers, because the conceptualization of terms such as magic have many historical geographical connotations and religious, cultural as well as social interpretations. To help us understand the matter in relation to the depiction of Jesus in the New Testament, let's get some methodological help from the French philosopher Michel Foucault. Foucault maintained that every historical period holds a set of pre-assumptions, a specific worldview that he would call episteme, that determines how we understand the concepts we use in our discourses and how we construct meaning. The very relation between words and things, which is not consistent and changes over time, reveals to be essential in understanding what we mean when we talk about something. Because words work by creating an intersubjective ground where subjective experiences can be conveyed and comprehended by someone who is other than the experiencer. Words, Foucault highlights, do not simply tell things. Words create things, because words are how we articulate our experience. The semiotic construction of meaning is dependent on time and place of course, but also to a specific community. We have slang, jargon, and vernacular uses of a language that show us how malleable words can be and how certain meanings can be only constructed with that connotation by one of such uses of the language. The same occurs when it comes to religious communities such as Christianity and all of its varied denominations. And in the encounter between Christian ideas and the mainstream culture of a given time. That premised the understanding of the deeds of Jesus 
at the time when the Gospels were written will be different from the perception of later interpretations because a different time comes with a different worldview, diverse pre-assumptions and its own use of words to make sense of things. So when it comes to Jesus, over the ages and across the different communities, the interpretations of his figure as shown in the New Testament vary significantly. As Helen Bond highlights, different methodological outlooks can lead to different portraits of Jesus. Some emphasize his healing activities and characterize him as a magician or as a charismatic healer and exorcist, similar to other Jewish figures of the time. Others see Jesus as an apocalyptic prophet, stressing more his eschatological message. In other cases, teaching is deemed central, and so Jesus becomes a sage or a rabbi, a Pharisee or a wisdom teacher preaching a radical egalitarianism a subversive sage or a social revolutionary. Lastly, yet not exhaustively, some see a high degree of Hellenism within Galilee and hence detect similarities between Jesus and Cynic philosophers. Interpretations by scholars of the New Testament who connected the stories of the exorcisms performed by Jesus as well as his healings to magic were based on a few terms and phrases that occur in a few late magical texts. In the early 20th century, for instance, the philologist Deisman called attention to the binding in magic texts in connection with the healing of the deaf-mute in Mark, and to the importance in magic of knowing the diamond's name which was connected to the question asked by Jesus to the exorcised demon in Mark. In the 1920s, critics like Rudolf Boltzmann pointed to certain terms in healing and exorcism stories paralleled in ancient magical texts as traces of magic. More recently, commands used by Jesus in his exorcisms and in addressing demons have been correlated to similar formula present in the Greek magical papyri. In the 1970s and in the 1980s, Morton Smith presented his interpretation of Jesus as a magician with extensive references to ancient sources, especially the magical papyri. Smith constructed the concept of magic and magician earlier in the century, and then expanded their connotations to include not only healing and exorcisms, but even prophecy, divination and revelation. He then argued that much of what Jesus is presented as doing was familiar from the expanded sources for ancient magic. So, as you can see, it could be argued that Jesus was performing magic in the stories of the New Testament, depending on the definition we assign to the term magic. As I discussed in a previous video, the term magic started to be reified and becoming a participatory concept in Christian discourse around the 2nd century CE. 
in opposition to the concept of miracle and in relation to a developing Christian theology. At the time of the Gospels, the Israelites did not have a solid perception of magic as the one set of practices we recognize today. The single acts may have been performed, but the collective understanding of a number of practices as belonging to one Unitarian conceptual category called magic came much later, and along with that the concept of being a magician. Thus, if we want to answer the question of whether Jesus was a magician with the Foucauldian methodology we set as a premise, we can then conclude that Jesus cannot be seen as a magician, because doing so would mean superimposing a later concept onto a community of people holding a worldview that didn't encompass the perception or the acknowledgement of certain acts as subsets belonging to the wider cluster, which would be now called magic, and performed by someone who masters those acts, the magician. So this is it for today's video. Allow me to welcome to the Inner Symposium my new patrons and give thanks to those who just pledged and those who stay pledged. And please, if you like my content here on YouTube, consider pledging yourself to my Patreon page. We have a lively community on Discord, a weekly book club, monthly Zoom gatherings, and even lectures for the Magus level patrons. Or else, if you like this video, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, activate the notification bell so that you will never miss a new video from me, and as always, stay tuned for all the academic fun. Bye for now.